1: you think they might think that? Don't make a bit of sense
0: to me. Do you think there's anything wrong with your mind, really? Not a thing, Doc.
1: Uh, excuse me, miss. Do you think it might be possible to turn that music down so maybe a couple of the boys could talk?
0: Your hand is staining my window.
1: God almighty, she's got you guys coming and going. Change never hurt, huh? Little variety. Oh, Jesus! Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. You're
2: not gonna say that now. You're not gonna say that now. You're gonna pull that henhouse shit now when the vote that chief just voted it was 10 to 9. I want that television set turned on right now!
1: I don't think he's overly psychotic.
2: I want something done. I think
1: he's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! I mean, you guys do nothing but complain about how you can't stand it in this place here, and then you haven't got the guts just to walk out. I mean, what do you think you are? For Christ's sake, crazy or something? Well, you're not. Hey, wait a minute! Hold ah! it! See how easy it is? Oh, oh, oh. We're from the. uh... State Mental Institution. Uh, this is Dr. Cheswick, Dr. Tabor, Dr. Scanlon, I'm Dr. McMurphy. Hey, Mickey. What? All right, take him over! Get, over here. Get
2: up, <laughs> How about it, you creep, you lunatics, mental defective-
1: <laughs> Thank you, Mac. Thank you. I'll never forget you.
0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy Cinema podcast. I'm your host, Jimbo, and once again, I'm joined by these two fellow lugs and klutzes, Terrence and Kyle. Welcome to uh, episode 60 where we'll be talking about one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, It comes in at number 20 of all time. According to the American Film Institute Top 100, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I really enjoy this movie. I'm crazy about it, you might say. Uh, (laughs) uh, Really great movie. Hmm. Really, really great movie. So, Terrence... Let's just, uh, I'm not going to ask any questions or anything. Let's just jump right what? in there. Come on. You want to? Yeah. Like, yeah All right. Are you what, crazy, what is, <laughs> <laughs> what is your
1: favorite Jack Nicholson movie? Ooh, my favorite Jack Ni- I really liked uh, Anger Management. <laughs> Kyle. I'm a romantic. I love it as good as it gets. <laughs> Was that
0: with, uh, what's her name?
1: Uh, uh, Helen Hunt. Yeah, Helen Hunt. Twister fame. <laughs> uh, this right here is a really close second, though. I really enjoyed it. This is a
0: really, like, I liked wow. even Joker and Batman. Oh I mean, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, but this is a this is the first, I sit down and watch this. I've watched it three times. Really good movie. And I don't know how why I waited so long for this movie. You know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but parents, once again, we will be uh, there, is some, there is there yeah, is there is some crazy <laughs> stuff in this movie too. Just be forewarned if you watch it with your kids. So, Terrence, take it away. Yes, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, nineteen seventy-five. Release
1: date, November 19th, 1975. Its budget was $3 million, uh, which is about $14.7 million, uh, if you account for inflation today. Uh, gross USA, it made $108.9 million, and uh, that's... I did not get the estimate today. Inflation or, too. <laughs> the inflation for that H- one. Million but, uh, when? Uh, um, $108.9 $108.9 uh, in 1975.
2: 1975. Yeah. Okay, I want to find those results real quick. continue on, and I'll blur <laughs> so the So we have the
1: uh, cumulative worldwide gross, uh, which is 108.9 million, which is the same as the gross USA. So I guess uh, it only added a little bit. <laughs> they only added a couple thousand for, like, worldwide. But it did really, really, really well in the U.S. So that's all that matters. And if you can count for inflation, that's uh, – oh, here it is, 5 uh, – Five
2: hundred thirty-six point 6, six million.
1: There you go. You're welcome, Terrence. <laughs> now um, I couldn't find the box office for the month it came out, but I do have the box office for the year of 1979. So at number one we have Jaws. So you know that. <laughs> at number two we have One Who Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, and there, there's a, a hundred million like. Difference between the two. So Jaws made 260 million, and then one of Who Over the Cuckoo's Nest made 108 million. And then following up, we have uh, number th- at number three, Shampoo, and number four, Dog Day Afternoon, and, and number five, The Return of the Pink Panther. The Return of the Pink Panther. He's back and he's pink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was directed by Milos Foreman, uh, who also directed uh, Amadeus and. Say oh up! There. So up. Is that.
2: Jeez, Jimbo, <laughs> um, watch your language. Oh, crazy! We're trying to record a podcast. We're trying to, to silence my Trying
0: to silence my phone, but it's obviously not working. Director Kyle,
1: director Milos Foreman, also directed Man on the Moon, classic Jim Carrey film. Love oh it. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing credits goes to Lawrence uh, Hauben, uh for the screenplay as well lo- as also the. Of as left. well as is what I was looking for. English good job, very hard. You're good. <laughs> left, right, grouped together. Group uh, right? Bowl, uh, Goldman. Uh, the and this movie is based off the novel that was written by uh, Ken Kessley. Um, and then there's also a stage play version, which was written by Dale Wasserman. So that, that's interesting. I didn't know this was a stage play. Uh, but I'd mm-hmm. be very interested to see uh, that stage play, you know, if that's still around. <laughs> think, or
0: if if it ever play. comes downtown here, we'll go see it. Yeah. That'd yeah, be great.
2: Yeah. I have no idea if it's an active thing or not, but, but one active thing going on is, of course, the... Well, uh,
0: I know function. three of us that could be in it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: three wacky and crazy
1: guys. So we have uh, cinematography by uh, Heskel uh, Wexler. Who also did uh, so? He's the director of photography. You know the guy who films all of this. Uh, he also was the director of photography on um, other people's money and the conversation. Hmm. I haven't seen another one of those films. Neither have I. <laughs> <Sure they're great. laughs> top they are great. Top of they were on the, the you know the top list of uh, you know things he's he's done uh, on his IMDb. So that that was pretty much. <laughs> all it's I can Good pull that from he kept there. working. You know, I'm proud of him. Good job, boy. <laughs> good job. So if anybody else knows those movies, and if they're good, let us know, and we'll maybe we'll cover them. Uh, yeah. Runtime: we're looking at about two hours and thirteen minutes. Uh, we're looking at sound mix uh, mono. This is in color movie. Uh, camera: we're looking at Panavision camera and lenses. Uh, this was uh, edited in Deluxe Hollywood, USA. The film length: we're looking at. 3,675 meters Sweden. Um, there's a couple others. Uh, these are, once again, just multiple releases, so there's all these different film formats and the different releases. And then now, for my favorite part. The awards! Awards! I said it first.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I ruined it for Terrence. I'm so nice. <laughs> You ruined my build-up. I have
0: to have the build-up. All right. Um, I'll make it up for you next time. <laughs> we're going uh, to make Kyle come in a court gesture and have a little... Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> Every time the awards these things. we the trumpet <laughs> next time. Don't we worry.
1: So we got uh, Academy Awards USA 1976. It won Best Picture. Uh, Best Actor in Leading Role, Jack Nicholson. Best Actress in Leading Role, uh, Louise Fletcher. Best Director, Milos Foreman. And Best Writer Screenplay Adapted from Other Material. Uh, obviously, Lawrence Halbin and Bo Goldman. They were nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Music, Original Dramatic Score. Uh, Golden Globes USA 1976. They won Best Motion Picture for Drama, Best Acting Debut in a Motion Tri- uh, Picture, Male, um, uh, Brad Dorif. Best Actress in a Motion Picture Leading Role Drama, Louise Fletcher. Best Director Motion Picture, Best Screenplay Motion Picture, Best Actor Motion Picture, Jack Nicholson. So, bunch of winning there. Um, BAFTA Awards, 1977. Uh, Once again, winning. Best Actor, Jack Nicholson. Best Actress, Louise Fletcher. Best Direction, Best Film, Best Film Editing. Uh, lots of winning on this. Um, it's been a while since we've like pulled up a movie that's just like yeah. Then I just just won a bunch.
0: <laughs> just Took it all. Was this the one that?
1: Yes. This is. Okay. The, so this is uh, at least like at the time all this information was uh, gathered together. This is one of three movies to win every major Academy Award. Uh, this that's alongside of. Uh, it happened one night in 1934, and *Silence of the Lambs* in 1991. So it's not an uh, easy feat to pull off, but this movie did it. Where it, it 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 just yeah pulled in all the major Academy Awards, and they did great. The Grand Slam, pretty much. Uh, we got the American Cinema Editors USA 1976. They were nominated for uh, best edited F- uh, feature film. Then we have. Oh, hey, here's some international ones that we saw um, in the previous movie we covered. So we have, once again, the César Awards, uh, France 1977. They were nominated for Best Foreign Film. You have the David D. Donatello Awards, 1976. They won Best Foreign Director and Best Foreign Actor, Jack Nicholson. Uh, And he actually tied with uh, Felipe Norret for The Old Gun. Hmm. Then we have Director's Guild of America, USA 1976. They won. Outstanding directional achievement in motion picture. More winning, more winning. Just more
2: taking winning. it all home. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know. um, golden Screen in Germany 1977. They won the Golden Screen. Uh, the Italy National Syndicate of Film Journalists in 1976. They won the silver ribbon for best foreign director. He's really.
0: Just going keeps going and, in, yeah, and going, even you know,
1: internationally, which is interesting because, as far as the numbers show, you know, it made a couple hundred thousand internationally, but you know, it wasn't in the millions it's, like we've seen some it's, movies.
2: It's one of those films that, are like, you know, it's like so critically appraised, but as a general audience pleaser, it actually kind of like underperformed a little bit in that kind of sense. Yeah, like it made a lot of exactly, money, way, but like, yeah. it's like. Same time, it's just like, critics were like, oh, we know what this is.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Online Film and Television Association, 1998. They won the OFTA Film Hall of Fame, Motion Picture. Um, People's Choice Awards, USA, 1977. They won People's Choice Award for Favorite Motion Picture. Hmm. Uh, And then finally we have the Writers Guild of America, 1976. They won Best Drama Adapted from Another Medium. Uh, Once again... There are a lot of different awards for this. Uh, I just chose the most notable ones. Um, but, yeah, no, this this movie in particular uh, was, a, was a really big hit um, for critics, particularly in the U.S., mm-hmm. and even some overseas.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, moving on to the cast. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is exceptional. It has a basically an all-star cast. Everyone in this film went on to do other cool, amazing things, and it's actually shocking how many of these actors just, like, there's even some actors in here you didn't even know were the actors that were in here. Yeah, the first <laughs> roles are like unrecognizable because they're either just like younger than you expected or something like that or just like so immersed in their role. I think it's
1: interesting know. that happens a lot, particularly like, you know, with someone like myself uh, watching some movies that I haven't seen younger versions of some actors that I know today that I've only seen, you know, the, their current selves. Um, one, of, one in particular is Danny DeVito. I did not know he was in this movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Martini, <laughs> Martini, yay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm um, starting up. We
2: have Jack Nicholson playing Randall. Um, he's the character who plays insanity and is a criminal. Um, he is diagnosed with best to be like an anti personality disorder. As <laughs> best can can's. Um, but of course, you know Jack Nicholson from movies like Shining, Batman, As Good As It Gets, Chinatown, and The Departed, and many other films too. And Jack oh, Nicholson. I about The Departed. The Departed. Sorry, Terrence. You're a Tester before. Yeah. I would have changed the answer to my question. <laughs> Exactly. I'm sticking with it as good as it gets because I'm <laughs> a romantic fool. <laughs> Next up, we have Lo- 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 Lois Fish Lo- Lois Fletcher as Nurse Ratchet. Um, also known movies known as also known as movies in Flowers in the Attic. Louise, Louise Fletcher. <laughs> Not <Lois>. I, I, <laughs> Words are difficult today for everyone, <laughs> except Jimbo, who's perfect at everything. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, Terrence and I, though, we were millennials. We had American school system. You know, we just, we struggle <laughs> with the words. <laughs> um, Louise Fletcher, Lays and Nurse Ratched, um, also known in the movies as Flowers in the Attic, oh. Two Moon Junction, and Cruel Intentions. Next up, we have the legendary David Devito, Danny Devito. David, <laughs> yeah, David, <laughs> David. Da- David, my David cousin, DeVito. Danny Devito, da- David Devito, <laughs> just really All tall right. and thin. Actually, <laughs> complete opposite. He's just, it's like twins, but the other way around. <laughs> 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 Danny Devito playing Martini. Um, you of course know Danny Devito from everywhere. I'm not even just Matilda, Twins, um, the third Jumanji movie, The Bad Men <laughs>
1: Philadelphia,
2: Lorax. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, David needs no introduction. Next up, we have Brad Dourif, who plays Billy Bibbit. You'll know him as the original OG voice of Chucky from the movie Child's Play. He also had roles in The Exorcist 3, Dune, and The Alien Resurrection. So, great actor there. Have a great Stall for you. Next up, we have Will Sampson playing the Chief. (laughs) <laughs> you know, another good actor in the movie, and his he is, in fact, the one that flew over the cookie's nest and escapes, and mm-hmm. all of the good stuff. Great role he plays in this movie, probably the best role of his career, honestly. And uh, you'll also see from movies like Orca, Creepshow, and Firewalker. Next up, we have Christopher Lloyd in his debut film, playing Tabor. This is the first film Christopher Lloyd came in. I cannot believe that, which is shocking. Uh-huh. <laughs> and of course, you'll know Christopher Lloyd from movies like the Back of the Future trilogy, The Adams Family. Clue. You know, um, he very recently showed up in the movie Nobody with, uh, you know, uh, uh, the better call Saul actor Saul, not Saul Goodman. Uh, you know that the... They
1: do not. You do not. <laughs> okay. But anyways, the film Nobody, which just came out recently. I'm going like to say my favorite reviews. line here, I do know his face. I do not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do know his face. I know the man you're talking of. <laughs> the man in which stars in the movie Nobody. <laughs> um, anyways, he just recently started in that. Uh, of course, you also know him from, like, My Favorite Martian and other kind of your movies like that. Um, next up, we have uh, Sidney Lace... Sydney Lasick, who played in the movie Charlie, who played in the movie, Char- who plays Charles in the movie. One <laughs> you know. Wow, you went all the way around the. the <laughs> oh, yeah, there, but we'll, we'll get there, Ben. Back and around before you know. It's it's important that you like the sound of my voice, not what I say. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, he was in films such as *The Unseen* and *Silent Madness*. So here, no, and see no evil, I guess. Next up, we have one of my favorite actors in the film. We have Scatman Crothers playing Turkle. He's like the night watchman, basically, of <laughs> the. Uh, the psychiatric institution. Um, you all know him from other films of course like turning along with Jack Nicholson in The Shining. He's also in the Aristocrats the Z movie. And he's in the Twilight Zone movie. So Scatman Crothers had a long and story career and uh, love him as an actor and as a as a musical performer. Next up, we have William Redfield playing Dale. Um, William Redfield, actually, uh, a sad note, he was diagnosed with leukemia at, during the filming and actually um, died, I believe, at, a, what was it, 26, 36, or just a very early in his life. But was, I believe it was oh, I got somewhere in my notes. Um, we'll get to that later. But um, he was in films such as uh, For Pete's Sake and Mr. Billion. <laughs> and uh, lastly, we have uh, Vincent Chevelli. Um, he a, he's a great character actor. He's, he appeared in movies um, *Ghost*. Fast, Times at Richmond High, and Batman Returns. So that is the cast of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I'll take it back to Jimbo.
0: All right, so let's just go ahead and, uh, because I don't think Terrence gave a synopsis for this movie. I can. I know you have it, so why don't you give us a synopsis. (laughs) Give (laughs) give
1: Give him the deets, Terrence. So, summary of One Who Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. The criminal pleads insanity and is admitted to a mental institution where he rebels against the oppressive nurse and rallies up the scared patients.
0: Right. So, the thing about John is I don't think that he was actually really crazy at the beginning of this. I think he was just in there. No, he a, wasn't. It's, yeah. it's known that, like, he's he's not in there. And, and that's also sort of one of the things
1: uh, I'll talk about in the wrap-up. But, yeah, no, it's... Most people know...
0: He's, there's nothing wrong with the gentleman. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's wrong. We'll, we, we, we'll, we'll, yeah. get, we'll keep yeah. we'll that there. for later. Uh, <laughs> but uh, basically, Jack Nicholson comes in this uh, insane asylum, uh, mental institution, if you will. Um, and he befriends a lot of these people that are in there, But um, you come to find out that some of them aren't even really patience there that they're just hey walk-ins like hey like, yeah, they're not
1: they're not uh, what do you committed call it? they're not
0: committed yeah they're like uh, we can leave anytime we want yeah yeah and they, he's, they, he, they he were, can't believe it he's like why yeah. would you be in here you know what I mean but mm-hmm. uh, but there's always this nurse uh, nurse ratchet she runs a tight ship um and one of the most crushing scenes for me is when they're in there, and, and he's like, "Well, we just want to watch the World Series, you know? Let's have oh, a vote." Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "She's like, he's like, come on, get your hands up, get your hands up, you yeah. know?" What I mean, so he's so like, that was the first vote, yeah, <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> She's like, well, you only have uh you only have what eight? It takes nine. And she's like, she's like, you have nine. There's still nine more. Yeah. So you didn't so win he didn't majority. Win and he's like, <laughs> oh, come on, put your hand out. He's like, well, sorry, the voting's over. You know what I mean? Well, yeah.
1: Come on, lady. A, you know what I mean? Like yeah. tr- shows sort of the the her control right uh, aspect over the whole facility. It's like. The, she thinks she's helping, but really, like deep down, she just has this. She's trying this, to. Well, she has it's a very control complex. As long as she's in, she's control. she's an authoritarian. Yeah, know, she's yeah. an authoritarian. So, well, so as long as she's in control, you know. Well,
0: you she, have to have order somewhat in there too. Absolutely,
1: you know I mean? but she's. You see throughout the movie, she's not helping anyone. Right. She's actually doing the opposite. She antagonizes them at points. Um, she hits sort of like. Uh, 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 certain weak spots of, uh, uh, you know, mentally of, of some certain patients, and then even uh, revealing information that shouldn't be revealed in front of the other patients. Right.
2: Absolutely. complete yep. you know, breach
0: of, you know, uh, disclosure and all yeah, those kind of things. And can I, I just think... say, I love the Chief's performance in this, because oh, the yeah. entire movie, you do not think this guy could talk. <laughs> He's yeah. been there he hasn't said a <laughs> word, you know what I mean? Until, He's my favorite character. Yeah, until, <laughs> they go, until they go upstairs and he asks, he what says he wants to, Piece of gum or something. He's like, thank you. Yeah. And he's like, (laughs) oh, Chief, you can talk. This entire time, because he's out there trying to teach you basketball and everything, you know. Shoot, Chief. Arms up, Chief. You know, he had everybody full, and I loved it. Uh, But actually, here we go. Some of of the extras were actually authentic mental patients from the Oregon uh, State Hospital. um, As uh, Kyle said during filming Brooks uh, the psychi- there was a psychiatrist on and director of the state hospital his name was Dean R Brooks but during filming Brooks correctly diagnosed William Redfield with the leukemia that would kill him only 18 months later How would you like that being on a, a movie set and then oh by the way I'm not feeling well here doc you know and- right
2: it's you know it's
0: almost it's uncanny. It
2: feels inadequate to say bittersweet, but like it's like this is the film that he'll be probably remembered the most, fondly for and like as a as a great role, as a as a good part in a great movie, and uh, you know, that be his last role. they he's saying that's what we're give me too. So, right to find out while filming it is just bittersweet. It just like it was the best times and the worst of times.
0: <laughs> uh, Will Sampson, who was obviously the chief, was a park ranger in Oregon near where the movie was filmed. He was selected for the part because he was the only Native American for uh, the casting department could find who matched the character's incredible size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, huge man. And that seems to be you know he's you know very much character casting his entire career like Firewalker and
2: It was like yeah he, you know hey, we need a giant Native American. Well, we get let's, let's get uh, you know.
0: <laughs> so um, and later <laughs> in later interviews, uh, Louise Fletcher said that she found ways to make her character human, yet remain unsympathetic. Ultimately, deciding that Nurse Ratched. Actually, did care about the patients. I felt she was doing what was best for them, but was ultimately misguided and drunk on her own power. I think that sums yeah, up what we were talking exactly. about. Um, exactly, yeah, because in the book, she it's it's
1: more black and white. It's like in the book, she's just hundred percent evil. Uh, yeah, so pure the,
2: malevolent, actually going out and trying to harm these people. Yeah, and
0: you know, I I kind of want to need to watch that Netflix uh, series we were talking about. The, yeah. uh, what was it, uh, Nurse Ratchet? Yeah, Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, Netflix Netflix show. I, yeah. I need to watch it. Uh, starring Sarah Paul, uh, Paulson. Um, Louise Fletcher was so disturbed by her own performance in this movie that she couldn't watch this film for years.
2: Wow, I can totally understand yeah. that. I mean, it's hard to see yourself be uh, such an awful person. Yeah. Even if, like, you know, you know, you tried to imbue them with that well-intentioned, but, like, you know, road to hell, paid intentions.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but she was so upset that the fact that the other cast members could laugh and be happy while she had to be so cold and heartless that near the end of production, she removed her dress and stood in only her panties to prove to the cast members she was not a cold-hearted monster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like this guys, I swear. Um, oh,
2: cool, guys, like me. <laughs> once on. again, Jack
0: Nicholson uh, did the old, I'll take a percentage of the film instead of a pay. Yep. Um, so uh, it was modestly budgeted. So the movie paid off when the picture went on to gross well over $120 million. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure he got his money and more. Uh, during filming, a crew member running cables left a second-story window open at the Oregon State Mental Hospital. and An actual patient... Climbed through the bars and fell to the ground, injuring himself. One the, really did fly with good. no, they flew out of the cuckoo's nose, oh. as stated by the uh, statesman journal in Salem, Morgan, that reported the incident with the headline on the front page. Nice, <laughs> funny,
2: funny, funny. I mean, that's bad, but hilarious. <laughs> well,
0: when filming the fishing scene, which is probably one of the greatest scenes of the movie, uh, all of the cast, except Jack Nicholson, got seasick. What made it worse was that for them, that took a whole week to shoot it, Danny oh, DeVito no. still gets queasy thinking about it. <laughs> That's great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Miles Foreman would keep the cameras rolling when the cast members didn't know it so he could capture the real moment, which I like it when they do that. It makes it more... Yeah, you know, kind of
2: sincere moments and kind of like it helps uh, kind of blend that line of just like you know these people who are you know psychiatric who, who are unwell mentally are also still people so getting those real life I, I moments I think that's, is, that's
1: why I really enjoyed the sort of particularly in particular the fishing scene it, it just showed because even now there's sort of a stigma around you know uh, uh, anybody who's like labeled as mentally ill yeah um and there's a, there's a huge stigma, especially like you know when atrocities happen, everybody's quick to be like, oh, he's mentally ill, or like you know uh, when you think mentally ill, there, there, there tends to be a lot of negative thought. But like yeah. what, what that scene shows is like they're all they can all function in normal society. They really can. Um, they, they Even have the courts. ones
2: that can't still deserve symphony and all, and, that and that, that's actually, yeah.
1: that's what you know. Uh, Jack Nicholson character highlights at one point. He's like, "You're you're just like everybody else out there." I'm not going to use his language, but <laughs> he's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. "You're just like everybody else out there." Like, yeah. you know, there's there's no difference. Well, that, between that, you and you know the next guy, and that feels like a lot of the moral of the film is
2: like, you know, because they submit to Nurse Ratchet and her thirteen rule, they you know they sacrifice their physical and mental freedom. Yeah, or um, in reality, it's just like you know they they you know they can't. You know, there are limitations to how well they can live their own personal lives with these mental illnesses that are, you know, kind of pull them back to some degree, but they can still live fulfilling lives in their own way. Exactly. And uh, unfortunately, North Ratchet is an impediment to all of them, you know, because of her just overbearingness. And so that, yeah. that was the
1: biggest, like, takeaway from that particular scene, the fishing scene. I, I, that's also why I think it's so great. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, especially when he tells one guy to drive and steer straight. He's like, "You're <laughs> not steering straight. I'm steering straight. You go." To me. Um, <laughs> the Arguments the, are the novel bad. author Ken K- uh, Casey sold the film rights for twenty thousand dollars. He intensely disliked Jack Nicholson as an actor and felt he was miscast in the lead role. Uh, huh. But he was also so bitter about the way the filmmakers were butchering his story that he vowed never to watch the completed film and even sued the movie's producers because it wasn't shown. From Chief Bronman's perspective, as the novel is. So that'd be interesting to see from that. Yeah. Uh, years later he claimed to be lying in bed flipping through television channels when he settled onto to a late night movie that looked sort of interesting only to realize after a few minutes <laughs> that it was my film and he then quickly changed channels so even he has to admit that hey this looks interesting you know i mean he said that all of a sudden oh never mind i wrote that <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a pretty good way to only familiar <laughs> emotionally strained uh, by the d- shooting schedule uh, that kept him 3000 miles from his future wife ria Perlman, uh, Danny DeVito developed the coping mechanism of an imaginary friend with whom he would have nightly chats. Uh, concerned that his own sanity might be slipping away, DeVito sought the advice of Dr. Brooks, who assured him that there was no reason to worry as long as Danny DeVito could still identify the character as fictional. Yeah. Good. Okay. Seems uh, like
2: he was going a little bit out there, but like still like well enough. You
1: know.
0: Uh, just enough in character yeah director Miles Foreman relied heavily on reaction shots to pull more characters into the scenes in some group therapy scenes there were 10 minutes of Jack Nicholson's reactions filmed even if he had a very little dialogue the shot of Louise Fletcher looking icily at Nicholson after he returns from shock therapy was actually her irritated reaction to a piece of direction from Foreman. So he yeah. was just splicing <laughs> together, you know. But that was a cold stare, dude. Like, yeah, can you me right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: seen him alive. That's, that's good.
1: Like, that's really good. How you know, to splice together, right? Smart direction. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm.
0: keep keep the keep the recording going. Like, we'll get we these never reactions know. and we can use them. Yeah, like, we need, it might not be face, in this you know, scene, know. but we can use it down the road, right? A patient hired by the production company had a stutter that he had had all of his life. He was so inspired by his responsibilities while working for the producers that his stutter permanently resolved. Oh,
1: it's incredible. It's always cool when you hear sort of those stories. Those I mean, cool um, stories. Samuel Jackson had something similar. That's why he says the F word so much. Um, he, when he came into the business, he also had uh, a stutter um, and a speech impediment. And then saying that helped him get over it. <laughs> and then it just kind of got characterized with him as an actor, <laughs>
0: yeah. um, so the script called for McMurphy to leap on a guard and kiss him when he first arrived at the hospital during filming. Director Miles Foreman decided that the guard's reaction wasn't strong enough and told Jack Nicholson to jump on the other guard instead. This surprised the actor playing the secret, uh, second security guard greatly. And in some versions, he can be seen punching Nicholson. <laughs> um, That's great that is pretty hilarious. So, the reason... They were looking at all different types of mental hospitals or or insane asylums to do this at uh, on the West Coast. So, they settled in on Oregon State Hospital because Superintendent Dean Brooks uh, agreed to give the filmmakers unlimited access to the hospital. So, Mm. uh, with the exception of the fishing segment, which was filmed last, the film was shot entirely in sequence. Mm. Kirk Douglas actually owned the rights, uh, planned to star in it, but by the time they got around to making the film, he was too old. Yeah. That's how it um, goes sometimes. <laughs> this is pretty cool here that um, with all, uh, each member of the professional cast and crew, inevitably worked closely with at least two or three mental patients. That's really cool. So I think that's pretty cool.
2: Get to kind of like, you know the sincere mindset, of, like understanding like their problems and everything like that. Really
0: good. Yeah. You know. The final scene was shot in one take, whereas the party scene took four nights. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can you know, and, and that, that's something we, that we don't hardly discuss on here is uh, I think we've only discussed it one time mm-hmm. is some of the times when you're filming outside, especially you have to film it just right or yeah, you have to wait till difficult. the next day.
1: Yeah, because yeah. inside you have you can you 100 percent control the lighting, right? right. The environment. Like, yeah. You know, outside you have no control you have like this small window of time to record the clouds no clouds you rain you still have to you adjust your own lighting to adjust for the outside lighting because there's still lighting being used but a lot less of course but you still there's certain you know angles and stuff and it, yeah it's 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 difficult that's why people get paid to do that
0: are you ready for this fact do it the film was shown in swedish cinemas between 1975 through 1987 wow which was, and still is, a record. So it's showed for 12 straight years. Wow. That's incredible. Um, Just stays in theaters. Yeah. During most of the film shooting, William Redfield was ill, as we said. He died after the film was completed on August 17, 1976. Uh, Danny DeVito was the very first character to ever be cast in this movie. Hmm. Uh, The character Ellis is shown to have a lobotomy in a deleted scene, which is why he's withdrawn throughout most of the movie. Interesting. I'd have to see some of the deleted scenes. I don't have those. I have it on Voodoo, so... Uh, Cheswick, Sydney uh, Lacey, who played Cheswick, got into his roles so bad that uh, producers became concerned. Doctors said, if things get out of control, we have the proper medication here to help with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, despite trashing the hospital, and this is amazing too, the production only had to pay $250 a day to shoot there. Oh, wow. So they saved yeah, a ton on location. Incredibly cheap. To film a movie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Louise Fletcher said that Nurse Ratched's old-fashioned hairstyle shows how uptight she is. It's also no coincidence that it resembles the horns of the devil. <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. Uh, uh, <laughs> the Indian war dance wasn't in the script. It was actually Jack Nicholson's ideal to put it in there. Uh, the producers actually set up a game lounge in the hospital so that the cast and crew could relax between shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson actually really tried to lift the water fountain. He had scrapes on his arms. Uh, Louise Fletcher was in preparation to begin filming Nashville in nineteen seventy-seven or seventy-five when Lily Tomlin was set to play Nurse Ratched, and ultimately the two actresses switched their roles in the film. So, and I don't know if I could take Lily Tomlin serious; uh, she's more of a As comedian an, actor. He, yeah. 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 Uh,
2: you could have aged gracefully into that role but like not you know like at, at the time of I don't really know if she can like nail it, that icy cold seen stare yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well Sydney Lacey who we talked with Chaz he got the role because in part he wore a rope as a belt to the audition <laughs> uh, times can be tough sometimes <laughs> according to Michael Douglas Jack Nicholson arrived on set sporting a large bushy beard believing his character actually needed it for the movie huh this is the film debuts of Brad Dorf, who received a Best Actor in a Supporting Role Academy Award nomination. How about that? Your first film, film you an and you get an award. Boom! That would, uh,
2: that, that's terrible because that's just going to go straight to my head. Right. Biggest ego in the world. Uh, well, I won an award for my first film, so clearly I'm
0: a legend. I every film. <laughs> uh, and, and Christopher Lloyd and Will Sampson, as well as Tom McCall, who was the former governor of Oregon, and Doctor. Dean R. Brooks, superintendent of the Oregon State Hospital of Salem, the film's main shooting location. And it's crazy because like he, like he couldn't have cast this film even
2: two years later his right. actors because they were all going to go go on and do incredible. How things. How about this?
0: Yeah. Uh, other roles of McMurphy before Jack Nicholson: Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I don't think he could do it. Uh, That'd be weird. See yeah. Steve McQueen. Uh, Burt, Burt Reynolds too was old. too handsome. <laughs> Gene, Gene Hackman. Be interesting. Marlon Brando. Oh god. <laughs> Perfect. <Eddie> Perfect. <laughs> <up the way. laughs> He'd have to be in a wheelchair, you know. Um, the fishing trip sequence was filmed at Depot Bay, Oregon, uh, the smallest harbor in the world. Interesting. Uh, Dr. Brooks secured jobs for 89 patients at the Oregon State Hospital. They were used as extras and assistants. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Jack Nicholson and Louise Fletcher actually witnessed electroconvulsive therapy being performed on a patient.
1: Mm. I guess that makes sense. Uh, I, I was wondering how... Uh, Jack Nicholson sort of, like, you know, captured that. And I'm like,
0: he had to have seen something or, like, did
1: research in some way. Now we know.
0: In 2007, the American Film Institute ranked this as the 33 greatest movie of all time. Uh, Miles Foreman lived at the Oregon State Hospital for four weeks before shooting. He spent most of the time just sitting there observing. Hmm. Uh, The movie served as inspiration for the song Welcome Home Sanitarium by American heavy metal band Metallica on their third studio album, Master of Puppets. Mm, Great album. Former President Barack Obama named this as his favorite movie. Hmm,
2: favorite movie of Barack Obama. That is. <laughs> it's also the favorite
0: film of Ronnie Howard. Mm-hmm. Ron Howard. Ron Howard, yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, Nurse Pilbo is played by Mimi Sarkeesian. This is her only movie, but she was also in the play. So. Hmm. Uh, here's some other people that were off, offered the role of Nurse Ratchet and Bancroft, maybe. Ellen Burstyn, Faye Dunaway, Colleen Dewhurst. Jane Fonda, Audrey Hepburn, hmm. Angela Lansbury, <laughs> no, no. But everyone uh, Jean Moreau, Shirley MacLaine, right. and Geraldine Page. Uh, there is a rumor that Jack Nicholson actually underwent electroconvulsive therapy for the scene where his character does, but this is untrue, they say. Act it really well.
2: I mean, yeah. you, you know, I mean, you have a very real possibility of causing physical damage and harm if you do that for realism, right? Something. You wouldn't, you wouldn't act that. You can't act that, <laughs> right? <laughs> you, you, I and mean, you have to act it. I
0: mean, you, yeah, you can't. oh, <laughs> um, well, I guess it would have helped if I would have highlighted the rest of the stuff, huh? <laughs> Kyle, you must have took these from me.
2: Exactly. I'll take a look at them if you want. and just There's only two or three left. Things. I'm just
0: going to go over while we here here. Um, you, you talked about everybody being in the Batman movies already. Uh, we we can't talk about how uh, no, they, I'm they made the, the like actors. Christopher
2: Lloyd, Danny DeVito, Jack Nicholson, of course. Like a lot of these actors happen to be in. Oh, and uh, Vincent Chiavelli all like appeared in Batman Returns or the original Batman. Yeah, and, uh, you know it's kind of interesting seeing actors stay together
0: for years over years in different career and different movies. <laughs> uh, cast members Lloyd and Michael Douglas have both played uh, the uh, sorry producer Michael Douglas have both played the creator of time travel and other roles. Uh, Lloyd as with the Flux Capacitor in Back to the Future in 1985, and Douglas as Hank Pym from The Avengers Endgame, which is also an Ant-Man. Yeah. Uh, James Caan was considered for the lead role, but uh, he obviously later appeared in Misery, in which he engages in a battle of wits with a sadistic nurse. <laughs> um, Peter Brocco appeared with Danny DeVito three more times, Throw Mama from the Train War, The Roses and Other People's Money.
1: Here's a fun fact. Um, a lot of the actors stayed... At the facility, as they were filming this,
2: yeah, yeah, and yeah, you, yeah, you actually have beds there and all the facilities you need to, <laughs> you know, maintain people. So it's just, it's actually really convenient. <laughs> um,
0: there's some cameos. Angelica Houston, uh, or Huston, was uh, Jack Nicholson's one-time girlfriend appears as one of the crowd on the pier as the fishing excursion returns. A Salzmann, the producer, uh, appears in the, at the main, uh, as a man in the inmates' bus outing. Um, at first, Milos Foreman didn't want the fishing scene. He thought it would be more effective if the whole film was shot on the ward so that when Chief Bromden escapes, it'd be more dramatic. Mm. And during the rehearsals uh, for the climatic scene where Chief smothers McMurphy, Sidney Lacey got so upset that he had to be removed from the set. So... And, by the way, Chief does not speak until one hour and 23 minutes into the movie. (laughs) And, last but not least, the film's title foreshadows the movie's ending. So, we'll start off with Terrence. Terrence, what do you think of this movie? I really enjoyed it. Um,
1: After watching it, I found out I only watched bits and parts. Never watched it in full. Uh, But now that I have watched it in full for the first time, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And, once again, this is a, a movie that there's a lot to break down... Uh, when you, you know, put it under analysis, I mean, everything that from kind of what we were prior talking about uh, showing like trying to break down that stigma that just because you know someone h- might have a mental illness doesn't mean that you know they're bad. It doesn't mean that they can't function. It also doesn't mean that they can't be in society. Um, they just need a little help. Uh, yeah, it it's also, clear that they all deserve to be treated humanely and you know with you know dignity. Exactly, exactly. You know. uh, uh, another thing it highlights is sort of the how facilities were back then. Uh, this was. This movie came out, what, a year or two after they legalized lobotomization? Straight up banned entirely. Exactly. Uh, It was very rare, even for the time of the movie, very rare for something like that to happen.
2: But it it was, yeah, shortly after, like, totally banned out. Like, you're not doing this legally anymore. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Uh, It also highlights, uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember what I already said. (laughs) I don't say repeat myself. Uh, but, yeah, no, no, it's 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 a really good movie. And, and the acting is just phenomenal from everybody. Uh, I mean, as both of you guys have been saying, this is just a star studded cast. So, of course, you were going to get some phenomenal scenes, especially with a lot of the scenes just being recorded, them being themselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, truly captures the humanity and all kind of stuff. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, super, super enjoyed it. I recommend it. Uh, obviously, rated R. So, come into this knowing that. <laughs> Would you put it in the top 100 movies of all time? <laughs> I, I mean, if it, if it's there, I I I can see why. <laughs> and yeah. it is. It's number 20, right? Yep. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Yep. Anyways, um yeah, I I
2: love this film too. Um for me it's kind of a it, it lingers a little too long sometimes in some parts where I feel like I'm just gonna just <laughs> there's a lot of scenes where everyone's talking and smoking, talking and smoking, talking and smoking, which in actually kind of uh for me to some degree. what, what else are you gonna do in a minute? <laughs> well you talk and then you smoke. <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> but um, yes it is an incredible film and I think it's really good every, ca- every cast member does an incredible performance um, while at the same time you know, like, portraying their mental disorders with a degree of authenticity and um, you know dignity and I uh, really respect that and appreciate it and um, <laughs> Louise Fletcher does a great job playing Nurse Ratched and uh, displaying the dangers of having that kind of uh, authoritarian control over people and possibly doing a disservice to them even if you have good intentions at heart and uh, that all goes to Louis Fletcher for playing the role that way and um, actually deviating from the book. That's really good, and I really do appreciate this movie. Um, one thing I would say is a general PSA thing. You know, this is uh, this obviously kind of. In, in general, it depicts um, psychiatric treatment for it's like possibly in a bad light, and that's something I would say like, you know, in general, uh, you know, especially in today's society, like, you know, the first and foremost people who you know work in psychiatric facilities are first and foremost helpers who want to help people get well. So if you or someone you care about is you know feeling down or psychologically unwell, I would highly encourage anyone to you know pursue ideas about possibly in treatment and talking about your problems and communicating how you feel, people, because. You deserve to be to, to live a fulfilling life and to be mentally well. <laughs> Absolutely, so, yeah.
0: So I love this film too. <laughs> um, for me, this was a great film, and I'll tell you why. I love Jack Nicholson's character. Um, basically, he conned himself into getting into a mental institute, which we could talk about the whole society today of. People are uh, doing horrible things to children or murder or whatever, and they say, oh, I'm going to claim insanity. Yeah. So they get into an institution like this, or maybe a less, uh, what do you call those, uh, uh, non-restrictive s- facilities, right? Mm-hmm. Um But what I liked about Jack Nessler's character is he knew these people had been in there. He doesn't know how long they've been in there. But he wanted to give them something that they can remember. Something they've always wanted to do. So one guy's like, I always wanted to watch a baseball game. You know what I mean? And and one's like, I always wanted to drive a boat. Uh, Then, yeah, I think his name was Billy who always wanted to sleep with a girl or whatever. And that's the one that gets me the most is because... When Jack Nicholson throws this party at night, I mean, he brings. They decorate the the whole thing and Christmas tree. Yeah, they bring presents. They got liquor. They've got everything. They're hanging ornaments on that guy's yeah. oxygen mask or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? And then he brings a girl in for Billy. You know what I mean? And and but but this time, Scat uh, Scat uh, Scatman uh, Scatman right. Brothers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you Darkling. know, he's like, oh, this is my job. You can't be doing this. And then, you know, uh, that next morning when nurse ratchet comes down the hall, you just, you get hear click, click, you know, mm-hmm. you I don't know. No, and dying. you got Jack Nicholson standing there. Um, uh, so, uh, then they go in there and this is where Billy and she, he, and you see Billy, he's like, she's like, Billy, you know, I'm really good friends with your mom. He's like, please don't tell my mom. You don't have yeah. to tell my mom all that. You know what I mean? And she's like, take him in there or whatever. And while she's out there directing and, and criticizing Jack Nicholson and all the other characters, then Billy takes his own life with the glass in the room. Uh, and that's one of the most crushing moments um, because he finally got to fulfill something he wanted to do in life and make him happy. And Jack Nicholson was trying to get everybody to do that. Yeah. And then they take Jack Nicholson away, um, obviously. He gets lobotomized. He gets his, his eggs scrambled, Yeah. Uh, his brain scrambled. And then, you know, you have that touching finale where the chief, you know, he's like, Chief, I don't want to be like this. You know, he's like, you gotta do it for me. And this is where um earlier in the movie they uh they had betted that um Jack Nicholson couldn't pick up this water fountain and throw it throw it away. Through the window. Through the window, right. And this is where Chief takes a pillow, smothers um I love that line Jack Nicholson. he um,
1: He goes he goes uh He's like, we're going to do it. I feel as big as a mountain today. Like, right. we can finally do this. And that's when he realizes he's been lumbotomized. Right.
0: And so uh, Chief chief puts him down, holds his end of the bargain. And then he goes over there and you just see him just lift that water fountain up, you know. And he tosses it through the window and he actually escapes. Yeah. Um, and that's the one that flew over the cuckoo's nest. Outstanding movie. Deserves to be in the, where it is. Top 20, I would say. I could sit and watch this movie over and over. Um, not just because it's a good movie because you learn something each time you watch it about the different characters and I think that's I've watched it three times and I really enjoy this movie and each time I watch it I find something else new. There's also that Netflix uh, Nurse Ratched you love to hate that lady. Um, She's one of those characters even though she was in a position of authority and she was trying to keep order but by keeping order she was causing more harm than she was good and I don't want to say order I want to say just fun stuff you know what I mean let them have a little fun they're in there playing cards you know you got the one guy that's always trying to cheat at cards She's like, I got 21. No, you know, you have seven. No, that's an eight. you know I mean? But they're, they're in there trying to live. She wouldn't even let them turn on the radio to listen to the World Series or the TV. Um, come on, you know, give me a break. Yeah. Um, I mean, I understand. She may have had rules from above up above her, too. So we don't know the whole situation. But Or she may have just been on a power trip where she wanted to run it the way she wanted to do it. Very much But not. you could tell that she cared about the people, too, especially in their therapy sessions. Yeah. And I don't just want to bash her entirely because you could tell that she was there trying to help, too. Because... A lot of these people, uh, Chaswick and um, like four other ones, they're at that thing and they're not even. She's like, can I have my cigarettes? You know, they weren't yeah. even committed. They were willingly in there and they could come and go anytime they wanted. And Jack Nicholas could not believe why would you be in here when there's. You could do anything you want out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what happened in their lives that had them thinking that they needed to be in there to get help, you know, uh, there, I mean, as far there's as. There's
1: two scenes, I, I think, though, that completely undo it both involving Jack Nicholson a when she you know recommends him to get the electroshock therapy knowing full well there's nothing wrong with the guy Mm -hmm. and everybody knows it and but she was the one who insisted to keep him um and in the end when uh she has an she 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 sees billy as a means to an end to lumbotomize him to you know, "quote unquote," help him. Yeah, uh, which just completely you know traps him. Which uh, that that's part of the touching scene in the end when um you know it, it's very sad him. when you know when he when he suffocates him with the pillow because like sort of being in that state uh, is completely contrasting to what that character would want uh, to because he you ar- already know he did not like it there at all uh, and once he found out he was there more or less indefinitely. Um, he's he's very mad about that fact, and so the idea of being not only trapped within the facility, but trapped within his own body, uh, to you know, to the chief, it was just I'm going to set your spirit free, and that that was that whole right. deal. So it was, it was very deep, you know.
0: But not only that, okay. but if you remember um, two things, one, Jack Nicholson was always being with that board of directors or whatever. He's like, well, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? You know, what I mean, so he was getting like privileged information back and forth. Yeah. But then the one that really got me, this is where I really question Nurse Ratched is, she's like. Uh, well, we're going to just move him out of here and put him in another facility. She's like, no. She's like, uh, we're not just going to be passing on our problems to other facilities. And that right yeah. there, and I was like, oh. So that right there, I knew she had it out for him. You know what yeah, I mean? That, yeah, that, exactly. that, that, that's where I yeah, kind of changed I can my... I fix him. Right. My way. Right. My way. right. No and kind of I was idea. like, that was the point that I was like, oh man, maybe she's... Yeah. Not who she really yeah. portrays and, to and, be. And on the other end, too, like we
2: say, like, you know, like, Nurse Roger isn't all evil. And, like, certainly with Randall's, you know, Jack Nicholson's character, Randall, he's not all good, too. Like, he's absolutely criminal. Oh, and like yeah. He's bragging about sure. having, you know, <laughs> relations with underage women and all this right. criminal activity and assault and all those other things. So like You know, Randall himself, before this movie starts, has a very, you know, uh, you know uh, morally uh, ugly past. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. And, uh, you know, so... It's interesting to see that it's just like you know, like these characters are flipped. Where you know, as soon as he's put in the middle of the facility, he becomes almost a hero character. And as Nurse Ratchet, who has long well intentions, as soon as she enters the facility, she becomes an evil character. Yeah, right. You know, interesting kind of a
0: excellent, excellent movie. I highly recommend it. Um, just be prepared, it's an emotional roller coaster in that thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, I definitely recommend it at least watching it one time. Um, I liked it a lot. I know Terrence liked it, I know Kyle liked it. So you have all of our thumbs up for this movie. Three, well,
1: three on this one.
0: You can uh, join us on the Tragedy Cinema Podcast Group on Facebook. Uh, you can e- email us at thetragedycinema@gmail.com at or on Instagram, Twitter, um, wherever you find us. We'll be there. Um, sometimes even when uh, Kyle makes a mistake, we call him out on social media, like C. Kevin Donigan did a couple weeks ago. Accountability, <laughs> <laughs> number
2: one point of the Tragedy Cinema Podcast.
0: <laughs> so, well, there you have it. I think this episode's went on long enough, and that's a wrap. And Terence, and Kyle, and, and cut. cut.